I listened to the first part of it. I didn't listen to the end when she started all speaking in tongues and stuff. That kind of threw me off. But I do think I think she actually is from Africa, so it's probably her native language and not just speaking in tongues. But whatever. So there was a, a different version with Leland. I love Leland. Anyways, we are on week four, the final week of our series called Influencer. Um, often the best storyteller has the ability to make or break a great story. So let me ask you this question. Who is the best uh, storyteller that you know? The Bible. Jesus. In case you haven't heard Trey tell you some stories, you're missing out. Trey's a pretty good storyteller. Who else? Who else do you think that you know is a great storyteller? My papa? That's my mama because she has a know. My dad? What? Who? Grandparents? Uncle Larry. Uncle Larry? Oh, Alright, Uncle Larry. You know, it could be someone on TV, it could be the host of a podcast you listen to, or somebody that you know. Um, but another question what makes them. A great storyteller. I didn't have a chance to put this on the uh, Bible app. Our internet was down. Most I know. I'm so sorry. I'm a horrible person. Our internet was down most of the day, and so it's hard to put that on the internet if the internet is not working. So, I know. I probably could use my phone on hotspot, but Pete and I are playing Xbox. But whatever. All right. So what what makes him a great storyteller? The ability to stay on topic as you look at okay. okay. What else? What makes them a great storyteller? They just have a lot of stories to tell. Details. Details. Dramatic. Huh? How they deliver it. But here's here's some of the qualities of some of the best storytellers that, that I know. Uh, their stories are usually interesting or they're funny. Uh, or they're compelling. Uh, they think about what they say and they think about how they say it. I think delivery kind of is a big part of it, how they, how they actually say it. And there are some people we listen to because their stories are entertaining. Uh, but there are other people we always listen to, especially when they talk about important things. And so, let me ask you that. Who do you always listen to when they speak? When someone's trying to, to tell you important things, who is somebody that you listen to when they speak? Who else? Who do you listen to when they speak? Who else? My favorite teacher. Favorite teacher? Coach. Coach? Who else? Who do you always listen to when they speak? Your husband? At the exact same time. Uh, I think I'm going to throw up. All right. That was disgusting. All right. Uh, I'm just kidding. That's good. I'm just kidding. If it was a high school couple, I would loop their All right. Um, yeah, I would definitely lose it. Um, why do you trust them so much? Why do you trust these people so much? Sometimes it's interesting. It's interesting? Like, 
You've never broken your trust. I was talking to some of I had breakfast with a couple guys on Tuesday, and I found out that they didn't like me when I first got here. We probably didn't talk to each other. I don't know if anybody liked me when I first moved here. It's probably still like me now. But, uh, but, but now that there's been some time built in together and some equity built, I, th- I think there's a little bit closer relationship. Um, and so the time and just they, they know that you care and you trust. But for the last few weeks, we've been talking about how to be an influencer and how to use our influence uh, wisely. Uh, we've talked about how our actions um, are basically microphones that broadcast the message of our lives much louder uh, than our words do, which is why influencers should be humble and not arrogant. Most of how wisdom isn't just knowing what's right or wrong. It's about turning our beliefs into actions. And that's why influencers must chase what's good and not evil. I don't know why I kept doing that. There we go. We also talked about how our small daily actions have the biggest impact on the people around us. Uh, because when we are intentional about the way that we live and we're intentional about the way that we impact other people, we have a big, big influence every single day. That's why influencers should live small but dream big. That was last week. You may not believe me, but you, all, you are already an influencer because your life influences the lives of the people who come in contact with you. But the question you need to answer is this. What kind of influencer will I be? What kind of, influ- what kind of person am I going to be? What kind of influence am I going to have on the people around me? So as we kind of wrap up our series influencer here, I want to talk about our stories now, I, don't, I don't mean the stories we post to like Snapchat or Instagram, those kind of stories. That, oh, that could be a way you could, use your, you could tell your story, I guess. I'm talking about the stories that we actually tell. Whether we intend to or not, you and I are already telling stories with our lives. Whether you, you are being intentional with that storytelling or not, it's happening every single day. How you live your life is telling someone your story. You guys understand what, what I mean by that? <coughs> yeah, maybe three or four of you. But great influencers don't tell stories by accident. Great influencers are intentional about the stories that they're telling. So one of the things that we believe around here is that you and I are are already a part of a a big story. The story began at the beginning of time. It's an ancient story, but it's a story that is still being written today, and that story still matters. So we're going to talk about what that story is, how that story impacts our stories how we can be a part of telling that story. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. If you're using a digital version, uh, again, it's the ESV it every week, but just in case you guys forgot. Probably did. Matthew 28. It's where we'll be just a moment towards the very bottom. So again, so what is this big story I'm talking about? In the Bible, this story is called the gospel. Anybody know what another word, another phrase for the gospel is? The good news. Look at you. All are, all are fantastic. If I had gold stars, you would get a gold star. Yeah, but right now it's an imaginary gold star, which may be even better. So It really is. So, it's, gospel means good news. And God's good news is that we are all invited to know and to understand God in a very deeply and very personal way, thanks to Jesus. Jesus made all this possible when he gave up his life. He overpowered death and settled all of our failures through his death and his resurrection. And that moment in history changed everything. 
forever. But Jesus' death and resurrection wasn't all that Jesus did while he was here on earth, right? He also explained a lot about God while he was here. Like the time Jesus gave his disciples some really important instructions. Um, in a passage of scripture that is now known, we call it the Great Commission. So Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. Um, if you've been in here with me for the last, what, 10 months now, um, you would realize that uh, we read this verse a lot because it's kind of important. Can I be that 10 months? Like my, my one year anniversary is going to be March the 18th. It's crazy. It's coming up soon. You didn't know that because we. So, yeah, it's a Wednesday. Feel free to throw me a party. All right. Matthew 28, 16. Matthew 28, 16. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountains to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Does that make sense? Because, yeah, he died. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus told the disciples to spread the good news about his invitation to be a part of God's big story. So he said, hey, I, I need you to go to tell people, right? That's what he says there. Go therefore make disciples of all nations, teaching them. That's verse 20. So he tells them to go spread the good news. Jesus also told his homeboys to teach others everything Jesus had taught them. So he's like, hey, I taught you these things. Now go teach other people. Has anybody ever done that? Like learned something and taught somebody else? It may not be, you know, it could be a skill or it could be some sort of subject in school. But there's a good chance most of us have taught something to somebody. Um, with Jojo around, she's a very impressionable two-year-old, so we teach her all kinds of things just to make us laugh. Um, but we teach people, we teach things uh, to people. Jesus also reminded them uh, that, that, uh, that he was going to be with them always. Even though he, he wouldn't physically walk with them any longer, he would never leave them on their own. So the idea of spreading God's big story all over the world is, is a, it's, it can be a pretty intimidating mission, right? Hey, go throughout the whole world. Tell everybody. That's, that's kind of intimidating. To most of us, this would seem impossible, but Jesus did not say, hey, make sure everybody is following all of my rules and living perfectly before you baptize them and make sure they have no doubts about me, right? Jesus didn't tell his disciples that. He, that's not what he said. No, the invitation is to understand and to be a part of God's story. That comes first for everybody everywhere. You might feel uncomfortable or nervous about making God's story part of your story. You might be thinking you don't have the gift of evangelism or even that if people really wanted uh, to know about God, then surely they could just Google it, right? They don't need to talk to you. They can probably just Google it and find out online. But telling God's story is about more than just your words. This, this message requires action. It's, it's so much more than just words. If God's story is part of your story, then God's story should be a part of the message that you send with your life, both through your words and through your actions, how you live your life. Turn over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 is where we're going to be in a second. So how you share your message and with that God's message is up to you. But it's something that you should share. And the reason why is this. Romans 10, uh, starting in verse 13. Or just, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach 
unless they're sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Did you guys catch what that said? You and I, each one of us, we have a role to play in sharing God's big story. Each one of you guys has a chance to do that. Do you guys hear that? That's kind of a big deal. The God of the universe says, hey, like, hey, I believe each one of you, I love each one of you. You have a chance to, to share the story. You have a part, you have a, a, a chance to be part of what I want to do in this world. That's crazy. You know what? In Psalm 8, the psalmist is writing, he says, um, you know, how lofty are your thoughts about me, God? Like, what? The God of the universe, he cares deeply about who I am. The God of the universe who created everything has time for me. Is that not blowing about his mind or just me? The fact that God would still love me, despite who I am, despite what I've done, that he would still say, I choose you, Ryan. That's, I don't know, that's, that's amazing just to think of how much he loves us. So God offers us the gifts of salvation. He offers us the gifts of wisdom. He also gives us opportunities to have influence uh, in the world. We're going on a mission trip here in a few weeks uh, to Waco. If you have a chance to go on that mission trip to serve, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and to share some hope with people who need hope. I hope you guys will sign up. I encourage you guys to sign up. Um, maybe be a little out of your comfort zone doing some things maybe you're not used to typically doing. Um, I think that's when God can use us the most because we're not relying on us and our strengths. We're relying on him and his. So I encourage you guys to sign up and go. Um, again, if money's ever an issue, please don't let it be. Um, that should not be a reason why you don't do these things with, with the youth ministry. Uh, we have ways to get you there. We need people willing to go and serve and make a difference. So hopefully that's you. Uh, if you have questions about the mission trip, come talk to me. I would love to talk with you about it. Um, I don't know a whole lot about what we're doing exactly. That's supposed to be that in the next week or two. But I promise you, it'll be good and it will change your life because God is awesome. The thing is, we've also been given the mission to do something with what we've been given. So if you don't share God's story, then who will? This piece of scripture is pretty clear that unless we all begin sharing the story of God and the message of our lives, then the world's going to miss out. We've all been given a chance to share you have people in your life that you are supposed to share the gospel with. And if you don't do it, who will? In this passage we just read, Paul says, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I was listening to a podcast this week about this reporter who's trying to track down this, this missionary named David Livingston. Um, he was a missionary to Africa, like back when like, nobody knew really much about Africa. I think, you know, there's a little bit they knew about the country as a whole. And so he's been, he'd been missing for several years. Nobody had heard from this guy. So they sent this little, uh, this reporter who's like an investigative reporter. He actually finds him in the whole continent of Africa. Um, and it's, it's this pretty cool story. But just, you know, just kind of seeing where his house was. Like he leaned, he had like a, a straw mat he put on the ground. And then he has a clay hut that he lived in. And he put some like, some more straw mat and he kind of like tacked it up to the wall. So when he leaned against it, he wouldn't be leaning against like the cold clay of his house. And so this guy, this reporter, got to his house, and that's, that's his seat. That is like the best seat in the house. And, and David, the, the preacher, made this you know, reporter sit there and not on the ground. You, know, it's, you, see, you just kind of see the, the way that David lived there in Africa. Um, but so I might kind of tie that in. Have you ever seen the feet of a traveler? I remember when I was in high school, or I may have been junior high, elementary junior high, or some of the kids went on a mission trip. 
they came back and they showed a little slideshow back in the day. You had to like look, click. It was horrible. Old little small slide. They did it. I remember it's, it's burned in my mind. I really wish it wasn't. But they had done so much walking on this mission trip that they got some just nasty, disgusting blisters on their feet. And they decided to take pictures of them and put them on there for everybody to see. And it was disgusting. I mean, it was just nasty blisters, popped, pus. It was disgusting. But if you've ever been for a hike um, or spent a long day at the beach, uh, worked out, and, you know, your feet are stanky nasty. Right, anybody? You can say it to you. It's fine. Um, it's just nasty, crusty feet. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's dirty. It's gross. You may get some swamp foot if you're walking around in some moisture. That's disgusting as well. But Paul's point has nothing to do with physical feet or beauty. Sharing the good news of Jesus doesn't mean you'll be getting a lot of pedicures, that your feet will always stay beautifully manicured. Well, that's not what it, he's saying. But there's a bigger and more beautiful concept that Paul is saying here. So when we take steps to share the big story of God with other people, we bring beauty into the world and into the lives of the people that we interact with. You guys have a chance to do this every day at school? You have a chance to do this in a few weeks in Waco? You have, you have, I don't know if you guys realize you have, how many opportunities you have to do this. Um, so one thing I've enjoyed, if most of you guys know, I do, uh, I'm a grocery delivery man. I, I'm a professional grocery shopper. I, that's what I am also. This is my side hustle. Uh, Jody's a professional grocery shopper as well. Becky's a professional grocery shopper. It's fantastic. But this has given me the opportunity to go to people's houses and I'll be able to just tell them a little bit about who, like what I do. Because um, majority of the times I, when I deliver these groceries, I usually end up talking about my, like my real job. Um, they don't tip me like they do Jody, but whatever. Um, but I'm able to tell them about you know, what I really do for a living and what really excites me. Not grocery delivery, but, but teaching kids about Jesus. And that gives you a little small you know, way to get in there. Sometimes they're having a bad day. There's been customers who's, who've been sick or whatever, so I'm able just to, just to minister to them in a way I never thought possible by delivering groceries to people. We have a chance. Each one of us has a chance to make a difference and to bring hope and beauty into the world and the lives of people that we interact with, each one of us. Turn over to Luke chapter 8. You guys probably know this story pretty well. But unfortunately, just because you share the good news of Jesus does not mean your message will be well received. Just because you go to somebody and say, hey, here's Jesus. He loves me. He loves you. Doesn't mean that they're going to be like, sweet, awesome. I want some of that. That's not going to happen every single time. Has anybody ever tried to give a piece of advice? Um, and, and the person just ignored you? Anybody? Yes. I've given a ton of advice in my almost 17 years of student ministry to students, and then they do the opposite of what I told them to. Then they come back to me like, I was an idiot. And I'm like, I'm trying to tell you you're an idiot, but you didn't listen. <laughs> Happens all the time. There's, you know, we, 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 we share advice. Somebody doesn't listen. It's, it doesn't always work out like we want, want it to. There's a story that Jesus tells in Scripture that helps us understand what kind of attitude that we should have about sharing the good news, no matter how it's received. So Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 4. Again, you probably know this Scripture. You probably have heard it at least. It says, When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, because Jesus was a good storyteller, parable's a story. And so went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up 
and it choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And he said these things, as he said these things, he called out, he, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said this, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And maybe some of you in here. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no roots. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. Maybe some of you. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And that may be some of you in here. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. And there may be some of you in here. We never know the outcome of sharing our message of good news is going to be. But that's, that's okay. Whenever there's an opportunity to share wisdom, to influence someone for good, or to share the message of our lives, then we should take it. Uh, I've been saying this for a few years here. You can, never, you can never fail at sharing the gospel. You can never be a failure when you share the gospel. The only way you fail is if you don't share the gospel. If you're not sharing the hope that is within you, that, that uh, Second Peter says, that's when we fail at sharing the gospel. So influencers know the power of a good story. But the best influencers know the most compelling stories are about something bigger than themselves. So if you want to be an influencer, tell God's story, not just your own. Because how many of you guys can talk about yourself all day long? One. One person can talk about themselves. Nobody else cares about themselves at all? I'm calling baloney on that joke. You guys love yourselves a lot because you're teenagers. That's, what's, that's just part of being an adolescent. That's what happens. We should be, as an influence, we want to tell God's story, not just our own. So the exact story of your life may change over time. As you grow and learn and take new opportunities and overcome new challenges... You change and you grow, and, and so does your story. Um, so I want you guys to kind of think about this, kind of your story. Um, there's three parts to your story, or three ways that we can work on it tonight. Uh, like the first one is I am. First, focus on, on who you are. Think about words that describe who you are, what you're known for, um, and who you know yourself to be. Um, another way to think, think of this question is by asking yourself... Um, what are you like when you are at your very best? What are you like when you're at your very best? That's kind of the I am. That's part of your story. Then you have the second part of your story. Is my influence is with blank. It's recognizing where you can make the most impact today. And where does your life make ripples? We looked at that last week. If it's, you know, um, who in your life right now that, or who is in your life right now that you can impact you can help, you can serve, and you can speak to, or in a word, you can just influence. My influence is with blank. The third part is my message is blank. It's where you kind of bring the, the other pieces together. And what matters most to you? What's something good and encouraging or helpful that you want people to know? How has God's story impacted your own story? 
What do you want people to know about God based on your experience? That's your message. My message is blank. While all of our messages should be unique because we are all unique, just like everybody else. If you know Jesus, though, your message should be shaped by his message of good news. Because influencers tell God's story, not just their own. The thing is, learning to craft and share your message, it's, it's a lifelong journey. But this is a set of questions that maybe you can use over and over again to help you use your influence wisely. Who am I? Where can I make a difference? And what message do I want to share with people? And there's one more question you can add as, um, as time goes on in your life because we never stop learning. Hopefully you should never stop learning. What have I learned today that I can share tomorrow? What have I learned today that I can share tomorrow? Because we're all influencers, but that means so much more than just being popular or having a microphone in our hands and having a loud voice. It's our message that matters most. So if you want to use your influence for something bigger than yourself, remember our influencers are humble and not arrogant. Influencers chase good and not evil. Influencers live small and dream big. And influencers tell God's story, not just their own. God, thank you for this, this series of what it means to be an influencer, to look at the influence and the impact that we can have. God, I pray that we look at our own story. God, as we, we share that story with other people, that we don't, we don't just share our side, God, but we, we share what you've done in our life. We share your story. It's your story so much bigger than ours, so much better than ours. God, hopefully your story is interwoven within ours. God, that these kids see the importance of, of being an influencer for good. They surround themselves with people who are influencing them for good. They see they have a chance to make a difference. They, they truly believe that they can change the world. And I believe that for these kids, and I hope they do as well. Pray for the next 15 minutes or so of, of our small group time. God, as they ask questions and dig in a little bit deeper. They grow just closer to you just to see what you have uh, more for them in this small group time. God, I pray that they, they pay attention. They don't goof off. God, they actually take this time seriously just to dig a little bit deeper, uh, to answer questions, to be a little bit honest uh, with each other, God, as we grow in community. In your name I pray. Amen.